Sonia Morton Firth and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today, my guest is Karim Ellis, author, speaker, coach, and protege of Les Brown. I couldn't find a way out of the hole that I found myself in. And the way I rebounded back off of that was I discovered my purpose. Now a man on a mission to impact the lives of individuals who have suffered during COVID. So 2021 doesn't have to be a repeat of 2020. The 2021 can set the stage for the rest of a decade of success, excellence, greatness, and most of all, just pure happiness. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And sure. where are you, Kareem? Let, let my audience know where where are we uh, where are we beaming into today? <laughs> so so you have me out of the United States. I'm calling in from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> this is the beauty of the of, of the world that we're living in now. We get to zoom all over the place. Um, look, Karim, you are taking the U.S. by the storm, and you've been described as Mr. Les Brown's right-hand man. But, and I really want to get into you, your life story, and how you reached that moment in life that changed everything. But before we get to that moment, Karim, mm -hmm. what, who was, who was Karim Ellis before you reached? that moment that changed your life? Oh, wow. So that is, I'm glad you asked that question, right? Because I think that every single person we come across has a story of some significance. Um, even if we don't know who they are, everyone lives a life of significance. So for me, I was an individual where literally starting this race called life, I was lost. I was the individual where I was a people pleaser, a perpetual people pleaser. I was always trying to spend my time pleasing other people but I did not know enough about myself to know who I am, what I was put here to do, and most importantly, what makes Kareem Ray Ellis happy. So as a young man growing up, I was exceptionally smart. I skipped the grade. I always excelled in the art of communication. I was a child that got in trouble for literally talking too much, right? My senior year, I was one of the most talkative. <laughs> but I had no clue what I was put on this planet to do. I'm a strong believer that you've been put on this planet by purpose, with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. That means if you can hear the sound of my voice, you are not here by accident. I know we just came through COVID-19 and this was a global pandemic and there's so many people that unfortunately were not able to make the journey with us, right? But we gotta understand something, that you are with us right now. So that means that you're, if you're still here, there's something you've been put here to do just make sure you hit your mark and your calling. That's the main thing I tell people, make sure you hit your mark and your calling. Wow, that sent little shivers up my spine. I'm such a believer in finding your purpose and passion. But what was that turning point for you? What was the, the moment that you sort of woke up and thought, there is more to life. I have got a purpose. I have got Ooh. a goal. Wow. So one of my core beliefs is understanding the power of vision. And I'm a scriptural guy, and I'm not here to preach or, or prophesize or anything that amazing. Uh, but one of my favorite scriptures in the book of life is write the vision and make it plain. That means that while I'm here on this planet, there's a vision I'm supposed to be going after. Now, notice I said a vision. Hopefully, that's my vision, not somebody else's. So the defining moment for me was back when I was 26 years old. When I was 26 years old, I came through a debilitating 
relationship breakup where I literally lost everything in the relationship, right? It was a relationship where mom and dad said, you know, go off to college, meet other people, don't settle down. And being the young man that I was, I thought my parents, they didn't know what they're talking about. I'm madly in love. And so I put school on hold. We shacked up. We did not get married. And I put all my effort and energy into a relationship that did not last. And, 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 and I found myself on the breakup end of a relationship where I was homeless. All the bills were in my name because I was the older of the two. And so I had all this associated debt. I owed everyone money. I went through a, a bout of depression where I ended up kind of falling off my, my grind and I lost the job. So I didn't know how to pay the bills. At the age of 26, I found myself reluctantly moving back home, right? We spent 18 years of our life hoping about moving out of the house. <laughs> and here I am at 26 going back home to mom and dad's. And so on top of all that, I lost the job. The car got repossessed for non-payments because you can't pay bills without a job. I ballooned about 40 to 50 pounds in weight because I was an emotional eater. And my lowest point, I had thoughts of suicide because I was so depressed. I couldn't find a way out of the hole that I found myself in. And the way I rebounded back off of that was I discovered my purpose. Purpose is the reason why we are here. For anyone going through COVID-19 setbacks and shutdowns, and you're not sure what to do in the next stage of the journey, Lock on to your purpose. Figure out why you're still here, why you made it. And how did you lock on to that purpose? Because look, I'm, 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 I'm hearing you. I'm hearing that you went mm -hmm. through a horrible heartache and that we all know breakups mm -hmm. can be really, really awful, but actually they, they yes. can be a big lesson as well if you can learn. Mm. Uh, and I do believe everyone's in your life for a reason and that's maybe to show you the way forward. But when you're in that depth of despair, how do you actually wake up and discover what your purpose is? And, and how would you invite mm. other people to say, you know, wake up to mm -hmm. that purpose? Absolutely. So the thing about purpose is this, is purpose has been with us since we come onto the planet. The problem is no one tells us to discover purpose. People tell you to go to school. They tell you to get a good job. They tell you to get a degree. They tell you to get married. They tell you to settle down. They tell you to chase wealth and acquire things. But no one ever from childhood to adulthood said, young man, What's your purpose? Why are you here? So a lot of times your purpose can really be dictated by the unique gifts and talents that you're sitting on. I tell people all the time, my favorite animal on this planet is a cheetah. And a cheetah is known for reaching speeds of 70 miles per hour. Uh, two things I've never seen, Sonia, I've never seen a cheetah confused about his gift of speed. We've never seen that. We've never turned on a wildlife program and saw two cheetahs hungry, not sure how to catch the meal. They know that gift and talent lets them catch that meal, but they also know that gift and talent allows them to avoid other predators that can create harm for them, right? You can't kill what you can't catch. So if I know that every creature on this planet has some sort of unique gift and talent that helps it makes its way easier, then the question I got to ask everybody, the question I have to ask myself, why do I have this gift of communication? Why do I have this gift of creativity? And as a young man growing up, I skipped the grade. I went from kindergarten to second grade, so I skipped first grade, which means I had a super fast learning curve. Why do I have this fast learning curve? 99% of the time, your giftedness is the very thing that's been given to you to help you walk out your purpose. So if I know my gifts and my talents, that's one way to figure out what I'm supposed to do with them. But number two, I got to figure out what am I passionate about? What are the things, the arenas that I'm just drawn in where I could study, I could listen, I could talk about for hours on end and never get tired of it. 
most of the times, whatever I'm passionate about is the foreshadow to my purpose. So for me as a young man, I just, I decided to do the real heavy work, right? The shadow work to figure out you went through this relationship challenge, you lost all these things you thought were of so much value to you. So now that everything has been stripped from you and you have nothing, what do you have to rely on? You know your gifts, you know your talents, and you know your passion about helping others. Could it be that you have this gift and talent of communication and some of the situations you've been through are there to help you resonate with other people so you can walk out that thing called your purpose? But getting to that stage and then getting to where you are now, which is, which is taken by America, high school, standing on stage, motivating thousands of people from everyone from leaders to corporates to just people that are rocking up to hear you speak. I mean, yes. to discover your purpose and think, right, I want to go from there to there. Yes. How did you get there or how did you... Um, did you know that you wanted to speak on stage and we'll get, we'll get even, even going further. Did you know you wanted to be standing on stage with Les and being his spotted day? <laughs> Absolutely not. And that's the beautiful thing about purpose. Purpose kind of unfolds as you begin to walk into it. And purpose is always in a state of evolution, right? So when I started this journey, I had a desire to help other people. I knew what I had gone through. I knew what I had lost. And what would happen is I would start to draw people towards me that were kind of going through the same thing I went through. And so it was easy for me to open up and speak my truth to people because I've been there. I lived it. I've done it. I got the t-shirt. I got the coffee mug. I got the victories. And most importantly, I got the setbacks and the defeats. So it became easy for me to walk in it. But the more I got serious about walking in what I thought my purpose was, which is to help other people, then it began to unfold. There's a book I released two years ago called GPS My Success. Yeah. And I tell people that your life mirrors a GPS. However, a GPS is useless to you decide to first give it an address, right? So when you figure out what your purpose is, meaning I know what arena I should be walking into, that's the address that goes inside my life's GPS. And then what happens is now that I know where I'm going, it changes the scope of everything. The thing that happened for me once I got clear that I had a gift of communication, I want to help other people. Now what happens is the resources become available to me. I have a different shift with them. When I knew my job was to speak professionally, then I started to seek the right mentors. The, the level of education I went after changed, right? Because I know I'm walking into this arena. Uh, the connections, I tell people all the time, success is 50% what you know, 50% who you know, and what they know about you. Before you walk in your purpose and calling, we befriend everybody. Not once thinking, does this person have access to doors and arenas that I don't have access to? So now you start to make connections more strategic rather than just take a business card or connect with someone on social media just to connect. The same thing happens with your finances and your money. Before understanding my purpose and calling, I would blow that paycheck on anything. <laughs> Whatever I want to spend it on, I spend it on. And the majority of people do, you know, they, they do their nine to five and they, they wait for their monthly check. And, you know, most of it goes on, on a weekend out or on their holiday they're saving for or whatever it is, the new car, the new handbag. And, and I think that's the way our society has almost said, that, you know, this is your nine to five job. This is how you should spend your money, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That is so true. But when I'm locked on where I want to go to in life, now the resources at my disposal take a different shift. I can no longer look at that paycheck as just a paycheck because I know what I should be using that money on to get me to the next level. 
um, at that stage of the game, I knew in order to speak all across the world, I couldn't have a nine to five job and do it. What place is going to let me travel all over the world and then hold down a management position? So I had to come up with a blueprint and a game plan that was going to let me leave the nine to five to pursue my passion full time. But this is what I mean by when I'm focused and I have an address in my GPS and I know where I'm going to, it makes the journey so much simpler because now the, the difficult decisions, they're no longer difficult. I know exactly what I should be doing. And I, more importantly than that, now I'm looking for opportunities. Now I'm looking for the opportunities or the land bridges that get me closer to the place I'm supposed to be at. So when people ask me about Les Brown, Les Brown's not by accident. There is nothing accidental about the Les Brown connection. In order to be one of the best, you want to learn and study from one of the best. But I wouldn't have that available mindset if I didn't put an address inside my GPS of where I want to get to. So the key thing for me was just getting clarity over what direction I'm walking in. So I, I, I want to come back to, to the Les bit, definitely. Um, and I love this analogy about the GPS and, and, and just the audience. People can go and buy your book. And what was the book called? The GPS? So I just happen to have it on me. <laughs> so it's called GPS, GPS, my success. The tagline is the address you input determines the destination. And what I want people to understand is this, like I said, right now, whether you want to or not, you have a life's GPS that's at your disposal. And you are either making a decision to go after the addresses that you want to go after, or you're allowing yourself to go after addresses and destinations that have nothing to do with your purpose, nothing to do with your calling, and it may have nothing to do with you reaching your fantastic finish. So you got to be clear about what address you decide to put inside your GPS. So, so I've just got a question on the GPS because I love it. I love the analogy. But look, we all know we get into our cars, we put an address in the GPS and you're driving along and suddenly there's a diversion or, oh, reroute, you know, take the next. So how do you deal with the diversions or the rerouting in life? Because let's- Oh, I love it. Not everything goes exactly how, let's face it, COVID, I mean, oh my God, who would have predicted a global pandemic two years ago? I mean, that must have been the biggest stall in the GPS system ever. I'm, I'm so glad you said that, right? But here's the key thing we have to understand. Number one, COVID was a big redirect. For a lot of people, everything stood still. It's no difference than you putting an address inside a GPS, you know how long it's gonna take to get there, and then you run into an accident on the highway, right? and now you're stuck in traffic for 40 minutes. For some of us last year, COVID-19 wasn't 40 minutes. It felt like 40 years. It felt like we were stuck in traffic for 40 years. Here's two things I want people to understand. When I put an address inside my GPS, um, the first thing is this, my GPS stays focused on the destination. It does not change. Just because I run into an accident on my highway, just because the highway is shut down, the GPS doesn't look at the traffic and say, we got to go home. This, this ain't going to work. You know, we, we're going to be, the GPS is still focused on how to get to the finish line. The second thing is this, the GPS begins to recalculate. It becomes, it begins to come up with other alternative routes of how I can still get to my finish line without abandoning the, abandoning the original mission, which is getting to where I'm trying to get to in the first place. So your life, your life should work the same exact way, right? Just because COVID-19 shut the globe down, all right? Just because governments were saying you're essential, you report to work, you're non-essential, you stay home. 
just because your business may not have made the money it was supposed to make last year, it does not mean that you abandon the goal that you put inside your GPS at the beginning of the journey. You have to be flexible enough to understand there's more than one way to get to the finish line. Am I willing to trust the other alternative routes to get there? For a lot of people, they had to rely on technology like never before, never before, just to make sure their business stayed afloat because of the simple fact that the face-to-face -face contact just wasn't going to happen, right? The businesses that did not agree to reroute are the businesses we see that are no longer with us. Mm -hmm. We've had staples of our country, staples all over the world that have been open for 40, 50, 60, 70, almost 100 years that closed their doors for the first time last year because they were not willing to recalculate. We saw organizations like Amazon.com and even Zoom. Yeah. Zoom stock went through the roof, right? Because they were willing to recalculate the formula that they were using to get to their finish line. So the thing I say to most people is this, are you willing to recalculate? You don't have to abandon the goal to get to your finish line, but you must be open to alternative routes and sources so you still get to where you're trying to get to. And Kareem, what would you say if, because well, this all sounds great, but let's just say I'm sitting there and I've, I've really suffered in COVID, maybe mental mm. health, my business has gone down the drain and you're sitting there thinking, mm. well, that's all very well and good. And this all sounds good in mm -hmm. practice, but right sure. now I don't have the financial means to, to get my business going. Um, mm. I'm not mentally maybe in the right place because I'm suffering from depression because a lot of people are, are suffering with their mental health um, during sure. this pandemic, not just their physical health, obviously we know the, the physical consequences on our mm -hmm. society, but there's been such mm -hmm. a huge toll on the mental health. What yes. would you say is the first point of action that somebody that is suffering right now, what is that first point of action? Absolutely. So if I had to give one step right now for someone who's going through a situation where, Kareem, you talk a great game. It sounds wonderful in theory, but I don't even know how to apply it. The first thing I want to say is you got to get this right right here. You have to get this right right here, right? Thoughts are literally things. We've heard it so many times. We've heard so many great speakers and books in the past tell us how our thoughts are our things. Our thoughts create our reality. I'm going to say the same exact thing. Everything you have right now starts out as thought. So if I think I'm defeated, guess what? My mind starts to selectively pick out situations and circumstances that agree with my thoughts. If I think that I'm struggling right now, my mind's gonna agree and point out anything I can. Let me give it a different way. Cause I, I, really, want, I really want people to pick up on this and understand this, right? For most of us out there, if you bought a car within the last five years, you probably never noticed that car till you bought it. Now you see that car everywhere. There it is. There it is. There it is in red. There it is in blue. There it is in green. Why? Because you weren't even thinking about that car until you bought it. And now your subconscious mind is programmed with that obsessive thought where it's trying to spot that vehicle everywhere. It's not that the car is all suddenly just manifested up when you bought the car. They've always been there. But the train of thought has been switched. So now you are selectively noticing something because that's the thoughts that have been permeating your mindset on a regular basis. So for anyone that says, man, I'm stuck right now. Everything sounds great, but I don't see the money. I don't see the connections. I don't see the resources. I don't see the finances. I don't even have a game plan or a blueprint. I'm not even sure what to put inside my GPS right now. The first thing I want to tell you to do is get your thoughts right. Start to think about on a regular basis, the result of what it is you want. Even though you don't have it right now, 
even though you don't have the tangible proof, even though the bank account may be on zero, even though you may be relying on a stimulus check right now from your particular uh, government assistance to try to get you to the finish line, don't think about where you are right now. Think about where you want to be and receive the thought like it's already yours. Before I bought the Porsche, I already I was driving my little raggedy car like it was already mine. <laughs> I was speeding out of traffic like it was already mine. I had to make that thought a reality before it physically manifested. So the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is get control of your thoughts. Wake up every day programming yourself by thinking about the thoughts that you actually want and eliminate the thoughts that you do not want. The problem with most of us, we focus on what we do not want. And the subconscious mind does not discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. The subconscious mind's job is to make whatever you think about the most a reality. So if you're thinking about the negativity of COVID-19, that will be your reality. And that's what you operate out of. So the very first thing I'm going to tell you to do, get this straight right here. Write down what it is you want. Focus on it intensely, at least 10 to 15 minutes every day. If there's any thought that comes in your mind that's contrary to what it is you're thinking about, your job is to put it away immediately. The second thing I would tell you to do is hang around people that have the very thing that you want because we learn through osmosis. We learn through osmosis. You want to hang around people that have the lifestyle, that have the mindset. They may have the money. They may have the connections. You want to hang around people that have the very thing you want and watch how quickly your thoughts shift and how your beliefs shift. When people say Les Brown, I, I'm not around Les Brown by accident. There's nothing accidental about that and everything about that is strategic again when i know where i'm going in life it makes it easier because now I, I can identify what resources i need for the journey or better yet i can identify what resources have been sitting inside my kitchen the whole time that i can pull out of this shelf and pull out of this shelf and make a wonderful successful meal so Corrine, let's talk about mr brown what's it like working <laughs> with one of the most renowned motivational speakers on this planet certainly one that, that, that yeah what, what what's that like so what i'll say is this it it's different than what i thought it was going to be because i grew up i'm 45 years old so i grew up listening to mr brown i grew up listening to mr brown since the age of eight as a child growing up dad would routinely pop the cassette tape in i just dated myself pop the cassette tape in and it would be a less brown I remember speech. the cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm oh, laughing because I gave Walkman. a... Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I'm laughing because I gave a keynote speech and, and I'm sitting there holding an old Maxwell cassette tape from back in the day, right? Um, and so I grew up listening to Mr. Brown, right? Not realizing that fast forward into the future, I get a chance to be the protege, mentor, speak on stage, then travel and actually host his Monday night show, right? Uh, so the thing was this, the hardest thing was to jump out of fan mode because Les has been doing it for so long, right? He's world renowned, everyone knows Les. So the hardest thing was to jump out of fan mode and put yourself in the student mode so that you're learning, you're listening. Um, what I tell people is this, find the vision that you want. Once you find the vision, find the strategy of how you're going to make that vision a reality. And once you find the strategy you're going to use every day, day in and day out to get a result, number three, find the mentor, find the person who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, the coffee mug, the victories and the defeats. And then you learn from them because the person you choose to learn from is what I call your time saver. For everyone listening to us right now, we're in a race against time. We know we won't be here forever. 
So if I find the right mentor, that cuts my learning curve down and it gives me more time to create an impact while I'm here. You always want to find the right mentor because that's your shortcut to your finish line. And in, in terms of Les being your mentor, what would you say at the moment is the, the, the one fundamental learning lesson you've learned from Les um, in the past few years? Oh, you, you, you give me a hard one <laughs> because it's been so much, if, if right? If you've got to pick one, so the, the real if one. If I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, we were at a hotel after speaking engagement, up shooting a breeze at two o'clock at night. And he told me, don't let your character take you to a place that your gift and talent can't sustain you. I'm gonna say it again. Don't let your character take you to a place that your gift and talent can't sustain you that the world is full of uh, leaders that could have taken us into a new age. The world is full of pro athletes that could have brought home championships. The, the world is full of individuals of greatness that could have transformed this planet for the better, but their gift and talent took them to a place where their questionable character couldn't hold them. And so now some of them have been removed from office. Some of them are sitting in prison cells where their gift and talent is going without uh, abundance simply because they rose so quickly, but they didn't let their character rise at the same time frame. It was a lesson to me that as I go through life and I keep climbing, never let my character get to a point where my character could be the counterweight that causes my gift and talent to fall. So, so would you sort of say that's like, keep authentic to who you are, keep to your truth? Um, that's, that's it. Just really, really <laughs> inside there. Um, and how do you actually push people um, and push mm. may be the wrong word, but how do you really mm -hmm. um, inspire people to move mm. outside their comfort zones? Because all of mm. this and what we're talking, we're talking about thoughts of becoming things, etc. You know, we've all we've all read that. Well, a lot of us have read The Secret and uh, The Law sure. of Attraction. But I think there is a, a slight fundamental flaw in that, that, that you have to yes. actually take action. It can't yes. just be about, you have to move forward in some respect. And there are a mm. lot of people um, that I see, and I've been involved in the personal development year, uh, development world mm -hmm. for about 10 years. I started studying it 10 years ago on my sort of pivotal moment. And I've run mm -hmm. a large development group, personal development groups here in the UK. And mm -hmm. what I've found is the same people are turning up to the same workshops, the same seminars, and you can see the same faces and it's like, wow, yes. how you become a seminar junkie, right? A workshop junkie or whatever you want to call it. But you really have to, to say to yourself, well, this is great. Learning can go on, but you have to step up. What is that? Mm. How do you get people to push themselves out of their comfort zone to take action? Oh, I love it. I, I love this question, right? Because the moment you said seminar junkie, you are absolutely correct. And the reason why I think a lot of people become seminar junkies, because they're getting information, but they're not getting the formula right. And so if I don't get the formula right, I got to go to another seminar hoping I get it and go to another seminar hoping I get it. Because if I get it right, I don't have to keep going to all these seminars every three to six to nine months. There should be some point in time where I can apply the recipe and then see results, right? Yeah. And not have to keep popping up again and again and again. Maybe a refresher course every once in a while, yeah. but you're right. The world is full of junkies or they've got name badges. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a ton of them where they keep popping up, right? Them at home. Yeah. 
so what I tell people is this, as a breakthrough strategist, my job is only to show you what you're already sitting on. And, and that is the key. If you go to a psychologist, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, they don't give you answers. You sit on the couch, they ask you a question and begin to pull things out of you. And then you realize what's being pulled out. And now you see that the answer has always been inside of me. I just need someone to nudge me or ask me the right questions to help pull that stuff out. Motivation works, but it's temporary. Let's just be honest with it. Yes. Motivation yes. is what I call, there, there's two types of speakers on this planet. There's what I call the, the, the there's what I call the, the, the lotion speaker. And what a lotion speaker is someone who kind of puts lotion on the skin and it works good for a while. But if I go wash my hands, that lotion comes off, right? And then you got the surgical speaker. The surgical speaker knows how to cut you open, insert something underneath the skin and stitch you back up. So you can wash and rinse, but what's there is locked inside. It's never going to come out. The problem with a lot of seminars, they got a lot of lotion speakers. Yeah. <laughs> Where it sounds I, I great to be in a room full of people. Completely <laughs> agree. But they go back home to life, right? And they go through life situations, circumstances, and whatever they gave me washed off. And so I'm right back into the place of distress. I'm right back into the place of mess. I'm trying to figure my life out. And so my job as a speaker, I call myself a breakthrough strategist because my job is to help you understand I can help you have breakthrough, but the breakthrough's already inside of you. All <laughs> the resources you need to be successful, it's inside. But you have to realize what you're actually sitting on. For most of us, we haven't paid attention to our gifts, our talents, our true desires. We don't know enough about how the mindset works, right? And so once those things are pulled out and you understand how these things work, you have a recipe where you can go back and make that cake as many times as you want to make. My job is just to give you the recipe and show you that all the ingredients you need, it's already inside of you. But once you recognize the ingredients, you can tweak the cake however you choose to tweak it. And how do you get to that breakthrough point? Because I think that's the key pivotal moment, isn't it? Getting to that breakthrough. It, it is. It, it is. It is. And so I'm going to refer back to what I said earlier, because I'm a strong believer in this. Everything starts with vision. Mm -hmm. Everything starts with vision. From the room I'm sitting in right now, to the book I'm holding, to the chair I'm sitting on, it started out as somebody's vision. The problem with most of us, we've not been taught to come up with our own vision. We've not been taught what ingredients are needed to make that vision become a reality. And since we don't know that, we spend more time trying to chase someone else's vision than we spend on our own vision. There's a chapter in this book, GPS My Success, where I talk about a young man who got caught cheating on his wife. And Sonia, I just want, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you three guesses. Give me three guesses on how you think this man got caught cheating. Uh, she walked in, she, she looked nope. at his phone. She looked at his phone. Nope, not the phone. Um, <laughs> he called her by the other woman's name. He didn't. Now, that would have been a good one. He didn't. The way this man got caught cheating was through the GPS. It was through the actual GPS. See, the problem is this. They had two family cars. And depending on the usage of the car, he may take this vehicle this day. She may take this vehicle this day. And what ended up happening is he worked at a job that never gave overtime. It never gave overtime. And so out of nowhere, he comes home and tells her that, you know, my job picked up this big client. We're going to have mandatory overtime for the next 90 days. So for the next 90 days, I'm going to be coming home late some nights. There's some weekends. I won't be home. And she loved him so much. She thought nothing about it, right? The problem was 
one day he swapped cars <laughs> and she decided she wanted to go someplace, but she couldn't remember the name of the place. And so she got inside the car, pulled up the GPS and then looked in the history log. Because anytime you put an address in the GPS, it's always recorded in the history log. And so the place she was looking for, it was there along with a, a lot of addresses that she had never gone to. There were addresses to a couple of nice five-star expensive restaurants that she knows she had never been to. There were some fun date night places that popped up. And if you haven't guessed it by now, there are a couple of nice hotel addresses that popped up in that history log as well. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is not for the listeners, not for the female listeners, especially to say, I heard this powerful man named Kareem speak and he taught me how to catch my man cheating one-on-one. That's not why we're talking about this. But the number one reason why people don't achieve their goals and dreams because they spend all their time cheating on their goals and dreams because they're chasing everybody else's agenda. Oh, I love the that. very first thing I tell people is when, it look, when you look at your life's GPS, because the GPS represents vision. It's a vision machine. I give it an address. It shows me how to get there. Number one, how much time and effort and energy am I putting into chasing my vision? Until I get clear about that one thing, I can go to a million different seminars and never see breakthrough because nine times out of 10, I don't have the right vision. Once I have the right vision, what happens is all the resources I need to make that vision come true. If I'm gonna make a cake right now, I need ingredients, but I first gotta know what the cake's supposed to look like. Mm. I can't make something if I don't know what it looks like, right? I need eggs, I need flour, um, I need sugar, I need milk, I need all these ingredients, but I first got to know what type of cake I'm trying to make because I can make a million different cakes inside my kitchen. I got to know what I'm trying to make. The problem with most people, they spend all their time putting everybody else's address inside their life's GPS. So they may think they're chasing their vision, but they're taking their gift, their talent, their expertise, their financial resources, their education. There's folks right now that spent years going to school for education and they're taking that education instead of going after their golden dream. They're trading that for someone else's golden dream for a paycheck. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toe. Yeah. I just got to be honest with some of the folks I've coached since all over the years. And they're frustrated. And I go, until you get clear on what your vision is, you don't even know what resources you're sitting on right now that have been given to you since the foundation of your world designed to help you reach the benchmark of your personal success. So you got to know your vision. You can have all the motivation in the world. But if I don't know what I'm going after, I will be inspired for a week only to go back to the same hellhole and, and try to repeat the process through a different teacher, through a different coach, through a different mentor, all the while not making steady progress because there's so much mind clutter up here. I don't have a clear view of what I'm going after. The thing I love about a GPS so much is simply this. The GPS I use the most is my cell phone. But understand if I'm driving someplace, I can have the GPS application on. I can have my Facebook up, my Instagram, my email. We can be Zooming each other. Um, I can have Snapchat up. But out of all those applications, my GPS is the dominant It's the dominant application. It will interrupt everything I have going on to let me know where I am in relation to my next turn up. It'll interrupt the phone call. It'll interrupt the text. It'll interrupt the email. It's the dominant application. It's the main focus. That's the main thing that's actually working on the cell phone as I'm using it. You have to have that same laser-like precision, but it does not work unless you know what your vision is. I think this is so powerful, Kareem, and I've got to say I agree with you 100%. <laughs>
Um, and because I've been there and I spent yes. a long time trying to figure out my GPS and to mm. all intents and purposes, and there's probably lots of people out there, I thought I'd reached it. Yeah. I thought, wow, life was great. I had money coming in. I was successful. I'd gone up the career ladder in the city. You know, I ticked all the boxes. But if mm. you haven't found your true purpose, you will wake up yes. like I did at the age of 40 totally unfulfilled it was like that feeling of on paper i'm successful but why do i feel so empty inside and if you get that feeling i completely agree it's because you yes. haven't found your true purpose you haven't found you're probably like i was doing i was leading a life for my parents for society for mm -hmm. everybody else i thought this mm -hmm. is what i should be doing but when I asked myself, and I've only discovered this re recently, and it does take mm. time, when you go deep yeah. inside and really ask yourself, what are my gifts? Why am I here? And I think there are some clues. Where, you, you talked about your childhood, Kareem, and the clues yeah. are there as a child. You, 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 there is no filters. As a child, yes. that is when you are so innocent that you can really yes. see the gifts. And when you find that, and I and I found mine sort of a couple of years ago, and I'm still refining it, but I had tears of joy. And I really do believe when you tap into that source, you can feel it inside. You will have tears of joy because it suddenly feels like, wow, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. That that's that is the honest truth. What I tell people most of the time is this: when you discover your purpose. Nine times out of 10, you would do your purpose for free because you love doing it so much. You ain't going to tell the world that. Get paid what you're worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and, and that, there's another situation, you know, because so, so many of us find that, well, what's the difference between our passion and yes. our purpose? Yes. And that's yes. interesting. What, 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 how would you define or how, what would you say to someone who says, well, I'm passionate about this, but how am I going to make mm -hmm. money from it? Well, here's the thing. I believe that almost every passion can be converted over to purpose and vice versa, right? I think a lot of times the passion is the introduction to the purpose. What I found was this. When I started this journey, I always had a desire to help people. I never once knew I was going to get paid thousands of dollars to get on stage and do this or do this in front of some of the top organizations in the country, General Electric, uh, Honda, Ford Motor Company, Kroger, Anthem, General Electric. I never thought in a million years I would get paid to do this, right? The issue being was it started out as a passion. The passion was I just want to help people. I had a desire to walk out my passion was helping people. The thing, the thing that you'll learn is this, the more you walk in your passion, other people start to see it. That's, that's the key right there. I said this to you earlier. I said success is 50% what you know, 50% who you know, and what they know about you. The problem is we know a lot of people, a lot of people know us, but we don't tell people we do exceptionally well. We don't let people know what our passion is. We don't know let people know what we're super gifted at. When you start to show the world what you do exceptionally well and how you solve a problem, this is my belief that everyone's been put here to solve some sort of problem, Money is the reward for solving a problem. Now, for anyone that has a money issue, I, I'm going to be honest with you. If you have a money issue right now, I want you to think about this real deep and real hard. If money is the reward for solving a problem, are you spending your time 40 hours a week solving the right problem? 
Because for many years, I was working 40 hours a week solving the problem that, that, that God did not put me here to solve. <laughs> I have to be honest with me. When I walked in my passion and that opened up the gateway to purpose, what happened is people saw the passion. They saw how good I was at the passion. And they say, okay, so name your price. Tell me what your price is and I'll pay your price. So for some folks out there, get so good at your passion that people start to ask you, what's your price? I, you are the best we've seen in what it is you do. Tell me what your price is. Let me know if I can afford what it is you do. If you can walk into that arena, money will never be an issue for you because money's the reward for solving a problem. So I would always say passion is the gateway to purpose, always. And I think here in the UK, just that there is a slight cultural difference because mm -hmm. I've dealt with them. Um, mm. I used to work um, with a lot of sure. Americans and I, I was in sales for years. Mm -hmm. And us Brits, we're a little bit more reserved than you Americans. So we're, we're not, we're, we don't like saying to people yeah. what we're good at. You know, we shy away Ooh. in the corner and we, and we don't tell people yeah. what our gifts are because we feel like yeah. we can't do that. And I think this is actually something we can learn. Um, and it is, it's how do we shout about our gifts, but from coming mm. from a place of um, authenticity rather than from humble. Ego. I got it. So here's the thing. You don't have to be egotistical to let the world know what you do exceptionally well. I used the analogy earlier of a cheetah because everyone's familiar with a cheetah's gift of speed. But you don't see a cheetah out there in the wild bragging, I can run 70 miles per hour. Yet every animal is aware when a cheetah walks on the scene, go. <laughs> don't hang out. We know what this cheetah can do, right? So sometimes it's not even about bragging because the cheetah doesn't brag. The cheetah gets out there and performs in excellence in front of enough people on a regular basis that what happens is people begin to whisper. If you see a cheetah, you run. There's a reason why at the watering hole, the gazelle has his head in the water and pulls it back up. <laughs> it's looking to make sure there's no cheetahs around. So I tell people, um, I did not go out there bragging about my gift of speaking. I just showed up and performed. Mm. I use social media so folks know what I did exceptionally well. I use Instagram to let folks know what I did exceptionally well. We're in a day and age where technology is some of the best leverage you can possibly have where you don't have to brag about anything, but just show up, show out, show what you do. Think about it from an athlete's point of view. Before an athlete gets drafted into a college, there are scouts at the game watching you play. You're not out there bragging. You're just showing what you're good at. You're showing what you do exceptionally well. For many people, start to use social media to let people know what you do exceptionally well and let them have rave reviews about you. Let them start to whisper about you. Let them start to talk about you and let them build a fervor about you. So I definitely agree with that. You don't have to be egotistical to get your name out there. But the problem I see with most people, most people won't even let you know if they do exceptionally well. Um, We've got family members and I don't even know what, they, well, I don't even know what their gift is. <laughs> I know their birthday their favorite meal but i don't know what you're good at because you never tell anybody you never show us you never show us uh, what would you say to those people that think they've got a gift and maybe they're starting out but they're suffering from this mm. thing which um you hear all the time this imposter syndrome and it's Ooh, like, wow I, I mean i personally <laughs> don't like that because i don't think anyone's got it it's, it's, a, it's a bad term but a lot of people say oh i I don't, I can't do this. I feel like I've got imposter syndrome when I'm doing something. Oh, wow. So, so this is what I'm going to say to this. And I'm going I'm I'm to wrap it as quickly as I can because I can take this topic and give a whole keynote speech off of it. What I tell people is this. If I'm out in the desert 
and I get bit by a poisonous rattlesnake, right? I have mere seconds to get to the hospital. Because if I don't get to the hospital in time, that venom is going to course through my blood system, shut down my circulatory system, and before I know it, I'm going to die. So priority number one is get to the ER. When I get to the ER, the doctor is going to say, why are you here? I got bit by a rattlesnake. The next thing the doctor is going to do is try to give me an anti-venom based on an anti-serum based on the type of snake that bit me. Now notice, if I got bit by a rattlesnake, he can't give me King Cobra anti-venom. He can't give me Black Mamba anti-venom. He has to give me the same venom from the snake that bit me. Otherwise, give me the wrong venom could kill me. That's the importance of knowing what I've been bitten by. The thing I tell people is this, you can never be an imposter because you've been bitten by things in life that I've never been bitten by. You've been bitten by some things and situations, circumstances that I've never been bitten by. Some people have gone through homeless. Some people have experienced death in the family. Some people have lost it all business-wise. Some people have gone through depression, addiction. There's so many folks out there that have been bitten by life's rattlesnake, life's venomous creature. And the very fact that you have survived the bite and you're here right now means that at that moment when you decide to, uh, you decide to embrace the fact that I've survived it, you become walking, talking, living, breathing, anti-venom. And nine times out of 10, you are going to be called to walk out into the world and find someone who's been bit by a snake similar to yours and tell your story, tell your setback, tell your challenges, talk about how you rebounded back when you lost it all. And in that moment, you take the thing that challenged you and you start to save other lives. That's one reason why I don't believe anybody could be an imposter. I believe that just like my hand, I've got unique fingerprints on every finger. That means there's only one of me, right? Everyone listening to this powerful, this powerful interview, you are a fingerprint. You are so unique. The things that you've gone through and most importantly made it through means you're a walking, talking, living, breathing anti-venom. The job is, are you going to embrace the fact of what you've been through? And then second of all, take your challenges, setbacks, and whatever it is you made it through and use it to save other lives so they can turn their lives around the same exact way. I don't believe in imposters. I believe everyone here is on purpose, with purpose, by purpose, for purpose. They've been knocked up with purpose. So as Les Brown says, man, what are you supposed to give birth to? Um, I absolutely, your analogies, Kareem, are absolutely amazing. I'm going to go away and think about the rattlesnake, think about the cheetah. Wow, they are fantastic. Look, I, I know I could talk to you all day. Absolutely easy. And I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm learning so much. But if anything, this is embedding all the stuff mm. about my own purpose because I'm resonating with this and I'm thinking, wow, this is so, this is so powerful. Um, I'd just like to take us to another little section of the interview. And um, what I'm sure. going to do here is just do a sort of a, it's not a quick fire round as such, but it's based on um, some of the people that I interview and their mm. success habits. Because mm. what I okay. found is, and I've interviewed a lot of different people from veterans to people that have gone through amazing challenges, adversity, mm -hmm to coaches, but what they all have seem to have in common mm -hmm. is very successful traits and habits. Mm. So, okay. so the first question, Kareem, for you. So my, I'm very much into body and mind. So I believe mm -hmm. my, my body has to be 110% as if, if my mind is. I'm, I'm a big into bodybuilding. I've competed on stage. Um, I work out every day. It's the first thing I do in, in the morning. I go, I, I, I compete, I, I get on, I, I lift weights. 
What yeah. do you do in terms of your physical side of things? What do you is have you got a habit in that area? Is that important? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I was at the gym today. I'm I'm at the gym probably six out of seven days of the week. And the reason being is in order to keep this clear, one of the things you have to do is you got to maintain this. Once this starts to go, and, and, and this, is, this is through lack of exercise, lack of lifting weights, having the wrong diet. Again, as a breakthrough person, a lot of people don't understand the keys to your success are, are they're here. But until I understand what all is inside of here, I don't know what I should tweak, what I should turn up, what I should throw away, what I should pick up, what I should put down. So for me, my life turned on a dramatic difference the moment I got into the gym and started working out and I made it a habit. I made it a habit. Now we know scientists say it takes, you know, roughly 21 days to start the formation of a habit and 66 days to lock it in stone. So I tell people all the time, you want to create a habit with certain things in your life that it's on autopilot. So it's not even a challenge. You, you just get up and know this is what I'm supposed to do. Most people have a habit of what they do when they wake up in the morning, whether they brush their teeth, go to the bathroom, make a cup of coffee, grab the newspaper, turn on the TV. But people have poor, piss poor habits when it comes to the workout choices and the eating choices, right? And so this is fueled by everything that's going on here, right? So the idea being is, for me, my life changed dramatically once I made that gym part of that lifestyle and made it a habit that's on autopilot. That was fantastic. I, I, I agree. And, and the, most of the people that I've interviewed, you know, the, the top in their game, their physical yes. um, condition is fundamental as well as obviously their yes. mind. So we both share a mutual connection. I think we've, we've got to have a little plug for Mr. Pros Prosley. He certainly changed my life and he shifted my yes. mindset. What, and we have talked about mentors, but how important mm -hmm. is it for you in having mm. a club and a mentor? And how have you found mm -hmm. the right coach and mentor? You're a coach yourself. Um, mm. How have you found and how would you advise people find the right coach for them? Wow. So I, I love you. I love, I love that you asked that question, right? I love that you asked it. Um, with, with Cross, there are very few people I come across that stand out as thought champions. He's a thought champion. Mm -hmm. I've listened to his work. I ran across him on Clubhouse originally, and I knew the moment I heard him speak, like, I got to connect with him. I, I got to connect with him. There, there are some things that you just run across with someone where you just know, right? So part of the mentorship journey, again, it goes back to vision. And what I want people to understand, visions will eventually change over time. Once you hit a certain benchmark, the vision changes. So it may be an elevated, escalated version of vision. That means the mentor I utilize to get me here may not be the mentor I need to get me there, right? There's some people that are stagnant because they have a mentor in their life and they didn't realize that mentor is just for this leg of the journey. You're here now. That mentor can't point anything else until you to take you to the next leg. So who's the next mentor you're supposed to be up under? So there's some mentors that will be with you for a lifetime. There's some that will be there with you seasonally. You have to know the difference between the two. So your mentors will always be picked based on the journey you're going to choose. But that's, again, why you got to know vision. Many of us have come across our next mentor and didn't even have the, the, the ability to know that was the next mentor because we had a piss poor vision. We couldn't see clearly. It's almost like me talking to you right now, then the lights go out and I'm in the dark and I don't know where the camera's at, right? <laughs> the, the camera's here, but I'm talking, thinking you're over here and the lights come on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got I to gotta pivot, I got to pivot. So when I'm clear 
about the journey and the direction, the mentors become apparent. You know, Cross is a powerful mentor in my life. And the way I knew he was going to be the next mentor, when I heard him speak and I knew where my journey was taking me to, I had no problem reaching out to him. I, I knew off the bat he was going to be the next mentor in that phase of the journey. But I could not have known that. I could not have heard that mentor's voice if I wasn't clear about the vision of where I was trying to get to. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah, and, and Cross has changed my life as well. A lot of yes. people would sit there, though, and say, but how do I approach that mentor? You know, this is the person that I would like to mentor me or have as a coach. Mm -hmm. But I feel, mm. too, and I think a lot of people feel too small to approach these people that maybe they put on a pedestal that they think, yes. oh, they're not going to give me the time of day. You know, look at you and Les Brown, for example. Yes. You know, you're there now, but when you were back in the mm -hmm. day, it, did you ever think, well, how am I going to approach this guy? I mean, I, I can't imagine you thinking that because you, you know, you've got that confidence. But I think there's a lot of people there that might be sitting there and going, well, I'd love this person as a mentor, but I don't know how to approach them. Wow. So I'm glad you said that. You Listen, you, you, I love the question you asked. I love them. I love them. So here's the thing. A lot of people may not know. Back in 2015, um, I had been shot in a domestic dispute. I was trying to break up a domestic dispute between a couple. I did not know. The guy pulled out a nine millimeter and he shot me in my right kneecap. Oh, and my God. I had to go through, oh, yeah. You. He actually shot me in my right kneecap. And... It was a situation where he could have pulled the trigger a second time. I had to use the gift of communication to talk him down. I, I tell people, your gifts and talents, that's what lets you run 70 miles per hour like that cheetah. I talked the young man down so he didn't pull the trigger the second time, but I had to go through nine months of excruciating, painful physical therapy. I had to learn how to walk all over again. Everything in my life came to a standstill. What that did for me was that put everything in question because the question was, what do you want to do with your life? And if your life came forfeit back on November 3rd, 2015, what doesn't get done? Because you keep telling yourself you got all the time in the world. Many of us are guilty of it. We keep telling ourselves, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Or I'll push up next week. Oh, COVID shut everything down. I'll hold off one to it to the country, open back up. Many of us fool ourselves into believing we got all the time in the world, except for those of us that are no longer here. We lost so many people across the globe due to COVID-19. And a lot of those people had goals and dreams that they may have thought I got some time. And unfortunately, time ran out. On my situation, that was my wake-up call. My wake-up call was if that gentleman pulled the trigger a second time, what are the things that you've been commanded and commissioned to do that's not going to get done? Because you keep telling yourself you got all the time in the world to do it. So at that moment, I felt like my desire to get less as a mentor carried more weight than my embarrassment or thinking I'm here, he's here. Why would he want, why would he want to deal with me? Here's a lesson for everyone listening to us right now. You'll miss hundred percent of the shots you never take. You will always miss hundred percent of the shots you never take. Better for you to take the shot and miss and perfect your aim than to never take the shot at all. And many people are guilty of never taking the shot at all. The word no has never hurt anybody. I love that. I love that. And, and, and yet we all fear the rejection, the no, but if you don't try, you don't get, is, is my grandma. Absolutely. That's absolutely it. So on my end, coming so close to death, I learned that the best way to get what you want in life is to be bold and go after it, right? As kids growing up, we're always taught to raise our hand and ask for permission. Better to ask for permission 
you know, then do it on your own. I live a different philosophy. I'd rather make my move and then have to apologize to you afterwards <laughs> than to ask permission and be told no. Too many of us raise our hand and ask life for permission to succeed and life tells them no due to a situation or circumstance and we put our hand down and we're miserable. Life is too short for anyone to be miserable. So when it came to less than any of the mentors I've had, I've learned just to be bold. Now, the other thing is this, we got to stop showing up empty handed, right? We got to stop showing up empty handed thinking that because I got a setback story or a sob story, or I've been through some stuff that someone's supposed to take me under their wing and everything's supposed to happen for free, right? Your setback story, your sob story, whatever you've been through is not an all access path for you to get the person of your dreams to take you under their, it doesn't work that way. Your setback story is for other people that you're supposed to bless and benefit to let people know what you've gone through. A lot of times we, we have a why me, a why me moment, right? We think that because I've been through all these things, this person's supposed to take me under my wing. The last thing I'll say is this, there's a scripture in the book of life I love. And it says, your gifts will make room for you and put you before powerful people. Now notice, it didn't say your money would do it. It didn't say your, 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 your six pack abs or your, or your rippling pecs or your 36, 24, 36. It didn't say your education. It said your gifts will make room for you and put you before powerful people. That means there's some doors you won't have access to until you figure out what your gift and talent is and you use that gift and talent from the right person. The way I got Les Brown is I spoke in an event that he threw and my gift and talent on stage caught his attention, which opened up the gateway to talk about mentorship. And that opened up a whole other floodgate to what I got going on right now. But it was my gift that caught his attention. That's the main thing. I love that. I love that, Kareem. Kareem, final couple of questions. What gets you up in the morning? Oh, wow. So I was going to say uh, cicadas. Because <laughs> here in the States, we're getting hit by cicadas and for folks that don't know it, they are locusts that come out every 17 years and they make a very, very irritating noise. So I was gonna say the cicadas are waking me up in the morning, uh, but right now I just have a zest for life. I have a zest for life. It's the ability to figure out what I can do better with this, the 24 hours that's put in front of me. What I can do better with the 24 hours that's been put in front of me. That's been a shift and a change. Once I got shot, I realize tomorrow's not promised. So if I got a whole new 24 hours, what can I do better than I did yesterday that's going to create more of an impact as I walk my journey on this planet? It's the zest for life. And what's your, what, where's next? What's your future vision? You know, you're in a great place now. We're just coming out of COVID. I'm, I think you're in a similar position mm. um, in, in the US. Sure. I mean, we're hopefully looking at the, mm -hmm. looking at, you know, behind us, who knows? Mm. Um, yes. What does the future hold for Kareem? So the future for me right now is to help, to help the world get back on track. I don't want to say country, help the world get back on track. What we're doing with this GPS success message is we're utilizing it as what we call a COVID-19 relief, relief program, right? And the idea being is to teach folks the tools they need to try to set the address in the GPS so they can get back on track. We got so many people right now that are literally just lost, right? They're trying to figure out what move needs to be made. What do we do? How do I rebound back? How do I recapture wealth? What do I do with all this free time? And so what we're doing at this stage, we're just trying to give back. We're trying to hopefully hope the world get back on track by utilizing some of the principles and the teachings in this powerhouse book to help everybody arrive safely at their destination. So 2021 doesn't have to be a repeat of 2020. The 2021 can set the stage for the rest of a decade of success, excellence, 
greatness, and most of all, just pure happiness. Because I, I, I got to see some folks happy. We, we, we can't see more people walking around here looking sad. Definitely. Now, look, you're, you're doing um, tours across the, the, the U.S. How do, people yes. here find, how do people here find out about you or find out more about you? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. So if they go to www.kareemellis.com, kareemellis.com, that's the official website. So they can connect with me on the website there. If they're looking to bring me out or book me, they can find me on that website. On social media at this stage in the game, I think we're on every social media page. You, you almost have to be right in this line of work. So if they do a Google search for Kareem R. Ellis, and I put the R in there so folks know who I am, because we got a lot of Kareems out there, um, I'm, they'll, they'll find me. I'm on YouTube, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on every social media channel. Uh, but most of the times, any event we're doing, you're going to find it on one of those social media pages. And then last but not least, I do run Les Brown's Monday Motivational Show. That happens every Monday at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So for folks that are interested in that, um, they can either do one or two things. They can either send a text message. They can text the word GPS 2020, GPS 2020 to the number 484848, or they can send my assistant an email at info, that's I-N-F-O at KareemEllis.com, and they'll get that information on how they can be a part of that powerful podcast. That's great, because we've got, I mean, we've got a lot of audience here in the UK. Um, I don't know if the text number will work for, for, for. Well, well, that's, yeah, well, that's why I gave the email also. So that, so the text won't work for some folks out of the country, but if they shoot, shoot the email, my system will shoot the information over okay. for that as well. And I'll put all the links, if anyone's watching on YouTube, I'll put the links in the show notes. Kareem, we've come to my final question and I've, uh, I've loved this. I've loved this, but we have reached the end. And my final question is, if you were to write a message in a bottle for future mm. generations to find, mm. what would that mm. message be? That message would be, write the vision and make it plain. Write the vision and make it plain. The more clear you are about why you're here, what it is you want to do, who it is you want to be, and what it is you want to have, the easier it is for you to go after it, the easier it is for you to recognize the resources at your disposal, the coaches, the mentors, and most importantly, the clear pathway of how to get there. Our most precious resource is always time. We can't afford to let it be wasted. So I would say write the vision, make it plain. Kareem, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been wonderful talking to you. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday. So hit subscribe and like, and you'll get it straight into your inbox.